if you know all this stuff, why are you interviewing me? Because it's not for me. We're, we're recording a show here. Oh, is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, thanks for informing me. Welcome, everyone, to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're recording today in Studio A. Thank you, as always, to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. So, we did take some great vacations. Yes, we did. Here are just a few, and you can add some of your own if, if I don't list them. So, most people don't remember this, but there was an airplane called the Concorde. Oh, yeah. It actually, I think it could break the sound barrier, actually, couldn't it? Not in the United States, but But it was, it was capable. Oh, yes, absolutely. It was a thousand mile an hour aircraft. And for some reason at the time, we... It, Google Concorde people, you'll know what we're talking absolutely. about. Absolutely. So, at the time... There was a flight between Dallas and Washington, D.C., and we well, took Dallas that flight. Dallas in yeah. Washington, mm-hmm. and um, I happened to be going westbound at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on 183 near the airport, and it took off in front of me. And I mean, it was over my head. And you're like, what in the world is that? But it took off. Well, I knew about the Concorde because oh. it had been on TV regularly because uh, Braniff flew it in the United States for British Air. Got it. So it was a big Braniff promotional deal, and you could fly it, fly the Concorde. It was like going to Six Flags, but it was a little more expensive, and you could fly the Concorde from DFW to Dulles. And at that time, the Watergate thing was going on, the Nixon thing was going on, all kinds of things, and the Concorde. So that would have been in about 19, I don't know, 79 or something? Right. 78, 79, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have been September of, uh, of 70. Um, you were a little kid still, so you were still only four or five years old. Well, we moved to Texas in February of 79. Okay, then it would have been uh, September of 79. Right. Yeah. So you were five, six years old, and your sister was three years older, and this plane took off in front of me, and the reports in the newspaper and the radio said, uh, Braniff's going to give up flying it in the United States. It'll only fly between New York and London. And I thought, well, there goes another dinosaur or goonie bird, but I'm going to uh, uh, make arrangements to take you kids on that. Again, spending money foolishly. Right. And uh, so I walked over to the phone, and that phone right there on the wall, this was 30-some years ago, picked it up and dialed Braniff. And we had phone books then, so you looked up the phone number, and I said, hey, uh, my family and I would like to fly the Concorde to uh, Washington. Okay. So we made reservations. How much for the tickets? Well, I have three payments left. (laughs) <laughs> and that would have been what 1979 but do you remember how much they were <clears throat> 1550 bucks oh my gosh it was worth it for a one-way flight one-way flight but four seats right yeah right, right, right. little bitty bucket seats with little bitty windows i remember but first class service yeah it was great they had the little dial on the on the uh, bulkhead of the plane. So when you took off, you could see it go from zero on up to 300 miles an hour, and then da-da-da-da, and then cruising speed was about 650. We took an RV to Canada. Yeah, that was interesting. A 
friend of ours loaned it to us. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember where it might have been Corpus Christi, but we at one point we stayed in what's what was at the time was called a holodome. Okay, that would have been in Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. and it was the only the reason we stayed there because it was the only uh, hotel or motel literally in the sand on the beach in whatever year that was. But but what was unique about the Holodome, again, and I think some of these still exist in some places. There's some of these sprinkled around still. I think there's one in Des Moines, Iowa, actually, which is a giant indoor area where the hotel is attached, where they got mm-hmm. rooms overlooking this area, and it's yeah. got a pool and miniature golf mm-hmm. and a bunch of other games. It's it, all this family entertainment, this giant pool. Draw, draw them in. All indoors. $14 a night. <laughs> is that all it was? Yeah. But anyway, th- this is not... And a- once you were there, they wanted you to stay there. It was like Six Flags in in your own hotel. Yes, it wasn't like an amusement park, but it had a lot of family activities. A lot they of activities: ping pong tables, pool tables, yes. shuffleboard, a basketball hoop. It was kind of the the early because these things came around in the fifties or sixties originally. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the early version of like like the Great Wolf Lodge, where it was a lot of indoor entertainment, but it was attached to the it was part of the hotel. Are there any other family trips that stand out? Uh, the one that we took to um, Arizona. Yes, yes. I was going to bring that up. Okay, well, bring it up then. So on another trip, we went to a dude ranch, and you went in the dark of the night and, no, and, was, stole, and stole a small billboard and brought it home. I think you got that a little backwards. <laughs> okay, well, then tell the story. Well, there isn't much of a story. We made reservations. Now, here we are in Texas, and we had horses of our own. Right. Uh, you had a pony. Your mother had a horse, I had a horse, your sister had a horse. Everyone had horses. Yeah, everyone had horses mm-hmm. or ponies. We were horse people. And then we, and then we had a, uh, a pony that was an orphan that took that thing in so it would have a place to eat and sleep and live. So here we are with horses, and I get this bright idea to drive to Arizona, 1,200 miles, to go to a dude ranch so we can go horseback riding. Right. I used to come up with some real winners. <laughs> so... We make the reservations, <clears throat> and um, as time goes on, um, we pack up, and at that time, I had bought your mother, it was 1986, I bought your mother a new um, Mercedes four-door, and I thought, what a great way to take the trip, put everybody in this Mercedes-Benz four-door, put all the luggage in the trunk, head west to Arizona, but eventually come back. Right. So off we go through West Texas because we had our reservations. We had our confirmation. I had sent them 1250 bucks. We were done deal, ready to go. And that 1250 bucks was the four of us, all expenses paid for one week. Bre- breakfast at the campfire. It's a pretty good deal. Was it, well, it was 86, though. Right. So divide that by five or six days, you're still spending a couple hundred dollars a day. Right. At any rate, it was a good deal, and we had this Mercedes that we were going to road test. And so on the way out, of course, uh, speeding ticket, uh, not a ticket, but stop for speeding in West Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, Little discussion there, no harm, no foul, off we went. So now... It isn't the middle of the night, but the sun was going down or had gone down, 
and we were in Arizona, and we were in the area where this dude ranch was. So based on the directions, the map that they had sent us, we followed it down this gravel road. By the time we got to the end of the gravel road, it was pretty dark, and it had uh, a sign up that said uh, White Horse Ranch, one mile this way. So you were going to make a left turn and go deeper into the desert right. on a, on this other gravel road. But there was a, a gate, fenced and gate. And I thought, well, one mile this way, but you can't go one mile that way. So no cell phones again, 1986. And they would have come in handy, except probably no signal out there. <laughs> so... We go ahead and um, uh, survey the situation, and your sister, um, who uh, was curious, I won't call her a busybody, <laughs> but she was curious, and I said, um, seems to me this place should be open. We paid, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, Dad, what are we going to do? I said, go into the glove box and get the toolkit out. What? I said, just go into the glove box. And she thought I was going to break open the fence and drive down. So what I did is I took a pliers and a screwdriver, and I took all four screws out of this sign that said White Horse Ranch this mm -hmm. way, and then took all the luggage out, put it at the very bottom of the trunk, upside down, put all the luggage back in, U-turned it, went back out to the main road, went to the gas station and said, hey, what happened to White Horse Ranch? Oh, they closed down a month ago. They went bankrupt. Oh, no. Never saw those people right. again. I have the sign. <laughs> I have a twelve hundred and fifty dollars sign. Well, that's a good point. That was a memorable vacation. Our very own uh, Wally World experience. It was a very, very similar experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got to Wally World and it was closed, but they didn't take the sign down. He went out and bought a baby gun, and by that time his truckster was all beat to hell. <laughs> right, mine was right. still looking pretty good, even though it was a little dusty. And he shot poor John Candy in the butt. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask this question before we kind of switch gears a little bit. So, you're in your early 70s. You just celebrated 50 years of marriage. What would you say have been your best years and what have been your worst years? Well, the best years were the first years. The middle years are the toughest years. And the good years are now because you're gone. <laughs> And I have money in the bank. Right. So do you want to dissect that, or is that enough information? No, I just, you've... you've what do you think the middle years cost me? Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like... Three oh, kids at Texas A&M? You've lived long enough now that you can look back over this amount of life and say, hey, oh, these years were some of my best years, and these were, you know, were some of the hardest, hardest or worst years. Well, Alpha Omega. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to right now? Getting a drink of water and something to eat? <laughs> oh, are you talking about down the road? Yeah, just more more in general. More in, <laughs> oh, in general. Not in the immediate future. Oh, I not, thought, not like I'd love I to. I'm looking forward looking to that. out for my well-being. I'm looking forward to my ham sandwich just a few minutes from now. Yeah, well, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. We've been very, very fortunate, starting with the family. Well, first of all, your mother, right, and the marriage, and like I said, wouldn't wouldn't have never never existed or lasted if it wasn't for your mother, um, and then uh, the way the kids came along and and how they responded to life, 
and um, where we are today. Okay, 2017. so there is one thing that happened recently that I wanted to ask you about because I never got the full story. And that is, there was some point recently where you got into a dispute. Um, Do I have to talk to my lawyer before I answer? There's some point recently where you got into a dispute with with a funeral home where you have your funeral plots, and that caused you to go out and shop for crematoriums. Can you can you explain that story? <laughs> well, it's the I have to go all the way back to 1979. <laughs> Okay, you have but to. But I'm not. But I'm not going to elaborate on it. Okay. In 1979, Blue Bonnet Cemetery was a country cemetery. Right. And they had a converted house on the property, a red brick house. Mm-hmm. And we went over there and bought a couple cemetery plots. Right. Even though we were in our 30s, mm-hmm. they were 800 bucks a piece, and you could pay them off at 22 dollars and 50 cents a month. So your mother was uh, all uh, in- interested in pursuing that so that she knew that we had a place. At that time, right. Colleyville only had 1,475 residents. Mm-hmm. So it was rural. Our horses were in Colleyville, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. So our last resting place should be Colleyville. Right. So we did. All right. Fast forward. Uh, 35 years. Right. During that period of time, your mother had changed locations and plots and in the wall and not in the wall and in the garden of the hands, then back up on the top of the hill where we started from. It's almost like moving furniture. Mm -hmm. It goes from one side of the room to the other side, but then ends up where you started out. Right. So, um, I said, you know, um, Every time you've done this, it co- it's cost more money, and it's ridiculous. And I said, and I'm not sure I want to end up in Colleyville, because by this time, Colleyville had changed dramatically. Right. Wasn't the nice, rural, fun place to be. At any rate, it, it had grown and prospered and big money and all this stuff. But where did and the I, actual dispute arise? <clears throat> well, when I called them up and I said... Uh, uh, I questioned them about the latest increase because we had actually gone full circle and back to a couple plots on the hill. Right. And they said, well, that's what, what the plots go for today. I said, yeah, but we bought those same plots, not the identical ones, but very close. Right. Under the same tree, right? Mm-hmm. I said, but we bought those plots 35 years ago. But by this time, Blue Bonnet was bought out by the big cemeteries in Dallas. And so now it was corporate. So I said, uh, uh, well, I'm really not interested in a plot. I would just as soon um, have a cremation. My wife still wants a plot. She can have it wherever she wants it for what amount of money. And he said, well, I don't know if we can do that or not. Now, the plots by this time are like thousands of dollars. Right. From eight hundred to three, five, seven thousand. It's become very expensive real estate. Yeah, real small piece of real estate, mm-hmm. and we're little people. Right, right. Uh, don't take up a whole lot of room. No, but now you're talking ten times what we originally bought them for, and well, we can only give you back 
about a $3,500 d- discount or refund. It's, but you just told me they're worth eight grand. Well, that's what we would resell them for. But you're only going to give me back 3500 Yeah, but that's what you've got invested in them. No, I've got 6000 invested in each one of them now. You're telling me they're worth eight, and you're going to give me 3500 back. Well, I'll tell you what we can do. I'll talk to uh, the supervisor, boss, director, I guess, director. Right. And we'll convert one of the lots to a cremation. I said, well, how much is that? Well, that's $3,500. What a coincidence. <laughs> Are you telling me that I've got $3,500 in a piece of dirt that's worth eight grand, but you're going to give me a cremation for 3500 and it's a wash? Well, yeah, that's what you want, isn't it? I said, I'll call you back. <laughs> so I hung up the phone. You didn't feel like that math made sense. Well, I'm pretty good at third grade math. <laughs> right. When it gets to fifth grade, seventh grade. Mm, then it gets complicated. Yeah. Third grade math, fourth grade, a little bit of adding, a little bit of subtracting, not multiple numbers. I mean, you're not going to go into six figures here. Mm-hmm. But four figures, pretty much my max. Right. But I could have figured it out. And I thought, what a generous coincidence (laughs) and i come out the winner right because i don't have to write them another check Mm -hmm. yeah so they're doing you a huge favor running back and forth to the building every day i take pipeline through hearst and on pipeline is a sign that says jim's funeral home not mr nelson's or robert nelson and family but jim's funeral home Mm -hmm. funerals 1200 bucks, and I guess they put you in a plastic sack. And um, cremations, $900. That sounds like a bargain. And I thought, wait a minute, 3500 Again, third grade math. Mm-hmm. 3500 even though it's a wash, 3500 900 That's way less. But is Jim still going to be around when I need Jim? Right. Because they were right next door to Papa John's. And they could change this to a snow cone stand. <laughs> and that wouldn't be helpful at all and when, I the, thought, when, the, when the important day arrives. Is a snow cone stand going to honor my contract with Jim? It's very doubtful. Possibly not. Mm-hmm. So I then went over to Lucas Funeral Home. Well, they only wanted $2,200. Oh. That was a 1000 bucks savings. Right. Third grade math, mm-hmm. $3,200, $2,200. Still less. So I uh, went across the street to next door to Target where Forest Ridge Funeral Home was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Walked in there, 1550 bucks. Ah. Signed on the dotted line. And they've actually been there a few years. And hopefully a few more. They took over the Callaway's Nursery. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wolf Nursery. The Wolf Nursery, thank you. And so is that is that what you did? Signed a contract, gave it to your mother. For a crema- for to be cremated. <clears throat> and then argued with them to get my money back from Blue Bonnet. So now the the resolution is that both of you are going to be cremated. Nope. Just you? Yes. Okay. So so mom's going to stay where she's at. I figure wherever I'm going to go, it's going to be hot anyway. <laughs> so whether you start out with the cremation or end up, I mean, again, it's another alpha and omega. Excellent point. Okay. So, and I'm used to the Texas heat. How mm-hmm. much hotter could it be? Right. Fair. The so, index today is 107. Yeah, at least. So... 
So the final resolution is, is mom stays where she at and whatever piece of dirt she's picked out. Got it all paid for. And, and you now have arrangements over by Target to be cremated. Next door to Target, if Target is still there. Right, right. But it's okay. in that area. Okay. Right. Well, I just want to be sure that I asked you about that because that's probably something important for me to know to make sure that that gets executed properly. Um, your little sister's in charge. Okay. I'm fine with that. But you can follow up if you wish. Yeah, I will. I will. When it becomes necessary, I will okay, follow good, up. Okay, good. Good. Thank you for that. Okay. Well, we just got a couple more things. Thanks Thank for, God. Thanks for hanging with me. Thank God. Okay. See how strong my bladder is at 73? Quite, well, we could take a break if you want. No, break's necessary. Okay. That's impressive. I'm bragging on my bladder. <laughs> As well you should. How many guys can do that? Today's been a very impressive bladder performance by you. I wanted to recognize that. All right. Thank you. Okay. So I want to turn our attention to pop culture a little bit. Pop culture. Yes. Which doesn't sound like something you'd be interested in, but actually you oh, are. Oh, bring it up. Bring it up. Okay. I'm interested in pop culture. Terrific. Okay. So rock and roll music got its start during your formidable years. Oh, absolutely. I was born in 44, listening to it in 54, 10 years old. Right. And you were a big fan of it. Big fan to this day. And, and I Did think I were- just tell you I... I got the latest CD from you did. You Chuck did. Berry. And I think you already answered this question, but it sounds like you were conscious of the way music was changing in that revolutionary way during that time. Were you well, conscious I didn't of, like what was going on. But, but as, as you I got, liked the music, yes. But as you got from your, from your grade school years into the mid-50s, as you got into your early teen years, were you conscious of the way that music at the time was dramatically changing? It was evolving. But were you aware of it? Yes, of course. Okay. You know Why? No. Because the white guys were stealing the music from the black guys, <laughs> and then they were paying the white disc jockeys to put it on air. Yeah. But you were aware of that pop culture change at Absolutely. that time. Absolutely. Yeah. I lived it. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you about and it. And even though today, even though I still have strong kidneys and a bladder, I still remember it still, as well. still remember rock so and roll. not so bad from head to toe at 73. Not at all. Could all go to hell in a handbasket tomorrow. At any moment. But right now... Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Good for me, too. Did you like to dance at any point in your life? Oh, absolutely. Because you, the music that you grew up on, lots of dancing going on. Absolutely. Okay. With a partner. Right, of course. Okay, but, it, but at some point, you turned on current music, or you stopped liking it. Uh, 1964. Okay. The British Invasion. Okay, thank you. I was going to ask you about that. You don't have that. to ask me. I volunteered it. <laughs> the I was Beatles gonna- were great. When they were stealing, did I mention this? All the black rock mm-hmm. and roll songs. So along comes along comes uh, uh, the Rolling Stones. Who'd they copy? They re-recorded Chuck Berry songs. They re-recorded Little Richard songs. Okay, and then along came the the Beatles. They recorded some of of Elvis Presley's and the early rock and roll rhythm and blues. And then in 64, the British invasion came along. It was either 63 or 64. It was 63. That's when the Beatles appeared on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, but they were still playing rock and roll music. No, absolutely. No, they played rock and roll for three or four or five years in Mm -hmm. the early part of their career. Okay, so you're confirming my my early memory of of any conversations we had about how Bad that mark, that mark of, of 63, 64. Terrible transition. Now you're around 18 or 19, but you completely turned on anything that was coming after that in no, terms I, of the history of music. I probably was more like 20 years old. And uh, 
and started then collecting um, as much rock and roll uh, music and 45s and tapes and cassettes and eight tracks and everything I could get my hands on because I knew it would go the way of the dinosaur as well. Okay, so the British Invasion, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, David Bowie, the Who, you no, have forget, no interest. Forget them. They destroyed it. But at least, at least guys like the Rolling Stones copied it. The Beatles copied it. Yeah, so uh, they were they were giving they were certainly copying, but that's happened to music for for the entire history. It went of music. from rock and it went from rhythm and blues, and gospel, and country all rolled into one to make rock and roll. It went from that to rock and roll, real rock and roll, right? To rock, right? It got it got a little too edgy for you. Rock, a little too loud. Oh, it's not too loud. There's no music involved. <laughs> okay. And a lot of screaming. Right, right, right. You put on uh, any... Have you heard a lot of Rolling Stones? Sure. Okay, but they I don't do a lot of screaming. Well, no, because... And the Beatles don't do they, a lot of screaming. They weren't part of what I consider to be the British invasion. I told you 1964. Those bozos were over here in 63. Right, but, but it, was, it was around that time. Yeah, certainly around that time. Anywhere from 63 to 65. By 65, you could just about write off the American rock and roll entertainers. You're probably right. Okay, so I wouldn't say you're a critic of this, but you didn't... In oh, this case, far be it for me to be a critic or give anybody my opinion. Exactly. Who cares about my opinion? So this isn't something you're quite as critical of as you were of the British invasion, but I don't remember you having as big of an interest in this, and it came around about the same time in that 63, 64 time, and that was the Motown sound. Motown was okay. Okay, that's what I thought you might say that. Motown was okay because of the people, and again, their background was derived from gospel and rhythm and blues. Right. So, but Motown still had lyrics, still had musicians, right. still had people with beautiful voices, not twangy guitars and screaming with no shirts on. Yeah, you had, you had Smokey Robinson, you had the tops, you had... They had clothes on. Right. They wore tuxedos <laughs> or matching outfits. They, they had haircuts. They had coordinating they, dancing. I mean... Up on stage, they had a stage presence. Well, they were choreographed, and right. it was entertainment. It was the real thing. And but, Elvis Presley never changed, and he made it all the way through the 70s. Right, that's correct. But I think it sounds like what you're doing is you see Motown as being a part of the tail end of, of the music that you enjoyed, not, mm-hmm. not, not the beginning of what mm-hmm. came next. Yeah, there are a lot of, of artists that were discovered by Motown. And Motown had to do it because Capitol Records and this one and that one and all of them stole all the music and all the songs from the 50s and had them re-recorded by white guys. They (laughs) never came out the same. They were never as good. So Motown had to come along and protect the black heritage, the black vocals, the black entertainment of that time. And they did quite a good job at it. They did an excellent job of it. Yeah, it's, it's some, some of, of the, it, as it progressed, I didn't particularly care for it, but... Well, that's because, like a lot of other things, Motown probably, in some degree, evolved into disco and some other things that you weren't that interested in. Disco wasn't all that bad. John Tavolta was, but disco wasn't. 
<laughs> yeah, you can't hate the Bee Gees. Who hates the Bee Gees? I don't like the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to what find... What the hell is that? The Bee Gees. Wait, but you just said disco wasn't bad. There was nobody more in the forefront of disco than the Bee Gees. I know. I tried to ignore bisco, uh, disco by actually tolerating it. All right. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm not surprised by your take on that. Well, okay, so what I want to do next is... If you know all this stuff, why are you interviewing me? Because it's not for me. We're, we're recording a show here. Oh, is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, thanks for informing me. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I didn't know. Once we put all the equipment... Well, now I, I finally catch on an hour and a half later. <laughs> right. And I came in fourth. Right, right. <laughs> okay, what I want to do next is... Hope you're listening, audience. What I want to do next is I want to list some celebrities that are your age, that are 73 years old, and I want you to say if you know them and if you've ever been a fan of them. Okay. Okay. We're just going to go through these pretty quickly. Most of them are dead, aren't they? No. I don't think any of these are dead. Oh. You ready? Okay. So Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. You're certainly right, Chevy Chase. We talked about him earlier. And you've been a fan of his. I had a truckster before he did. Diana Ross. Very good singer. Very good. A lot of talent. Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. A lot of movies that he was in that I like and some I don't. George Lucas. Familiar with George Lucas, but I'm not a Star Wars or a blah, blah, blah. But you know that George Lucas is the man behind Star Wars. Yeah. Digital crap and... And and Indiana Jones. Yeah. That was good. That series was good. Okay. I can buy into that. Now you want to ask me about Harrison Ford? I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. He's not Never seventy. Mind. He's not seventy. He doesn't know how to fly a plane. No, he does not. And he is seventy some years old. Yeah, but I think I don't remember how old. I think he's older. He's seventy-eight. Uh, Mick Jagger. Yeah. How do many you, kids does he have? Do you know who Mick Jagger is? Yeah, Rolling Stones. Who does? What does he do in the Rolling Stones? He's the lead singer. Okay. Uh, Penny Marshall. Oh yeah. Billy Jean King. Oh yeah. Tennis player. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gary Busey. Who? Gary Busey. Oh, yeah. Wild and crazy. <laughs> okay. Are you a Gary Busey? Buddy Holly. Have you enjoyed Gary Busey in anything? Buddy Holly. Okay. All right. Thought he did a good job in he Buddy Holly. He did do Holly. a good job. Yeah. Do you know who Harry Shearer is? Uh, the name is familiar. I'd have to see his face. I don't know if you'd recognize him because his, his career the last 25 years was playing multiple parts on the TV show The Simpsons. Oh, no, I wouldn't. He's an extremely talented uh, voice actor. From The Simpsons. I'm familiar with the name, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Keith Richards? Yeah, guitar player, druggy with the Rolling Stones. Okay, and Roger Daltrey? Uh, no. Roger Daltrey is the lead singer for The Who. I don't care. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you did. Oh, I to tell you. that's right. That name rings a bell. He was on Pawn Stars. Roger Daltrey? Yes, because the goof on Paul Stars, the bald-headed guy, Yes, he went to his... Uh, fantasy rock camp. Yeah. They did one or two shows about that, and I thought, who? And that's what they said. Yeah, who? Who what? Oh, Roger Daltrey. Oh, and this guy. Oh, they turned it into an Abbott and Costello routine. And this this guy was all excited about going to the Who's fantasy rock camp. I would do that. I'd be excited about going to the Who fantasy well, rock camp. that's something you would do. It is something I would do. Nothing I would do. Okay, we'll finish with this. I want to know some of your favorites. It doesn't have to be your absolute favorite, just one of your favorites in these in these categories. You ready? And we'll go through them quickly just like we did the other things. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Well, as is yours, uh, which would be the Blues Brothers. 
always always a good movie to watch. But when it comes to favorite movies, mm-hmm. any old western with John Wayne, Randolph Scott, all the fifties and sixties movies. Okay, a TV show, Seinfeld. Musical artist, uh, several, several. Give me all, just a couple. All from the fifties and sixties. Uh, well, it'd have to be. Uh, uh, all the dead guys now, or the ones that are almost dead. Uh, Jackie Wilson and uh, uh, Johnny B. Good. What's his name again? Chuck, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry mm-hmm. and um, and Little Richard. Jerry Lee Lewis was one of your favorites. Jerry Lee Lewis yep. and Elvis Presley. Got it. And blah, blah, blah. But not people like the Beach Boys or the Bee Gees. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Favorite meal? Favorite meal? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had the money, uh, probably lobster. Dessert? Chocolate. Anything chocolate? Ice cream, cake. Okay. Hershey bar. One of the favorite cars that you've owned? Oh, 265 cars and trucks. It's probably over 300, I think. But just what's a couple that you were, you'd love to have back just for a little while if you could? Well... If if I were to buy a car back that I really liked, and I've had a couple of them, it would be a, a red 1962 Corvette with red interior and a four-speed. Which, which you sold to pay for some shag carpeting. Which I sold. You had to remind me of that. <laughs> we were getting along so well. What did you get for Begged that car? Begged the guy to buy it from me. Um, uh, always. What, what, did, what did you sell that car for? Did that cover the entire cost of the carpet? I believe it did. Well, at least least it covered the cost. It better. Yeah. You know what the car's worth today? Probably 50 or 60,000. You know what the carpet's worth? Yeah, zero. Less Mm. than zero. You have to pay someone to take it away. Probably negative. Favorite place that you visited? Well, Europe, which would be uh, southern Germany and Austria and Switzerland. Favorite time of the year? Uh, spring and fall. Favorite period or experience from your working career? Making a lot of money. Was there a certain period? I remember one day with a phone call, I made $110,000. That's a good day. It was not a bad day. Obviously, there's so much more that we could cover. Of course. Uh, but but that's that's all I have for today. Is, is there anything else that we would have, we could have talked about that I didn't think about? Going to the bathroom? That, that, that probably wouldn't have made it in. Is there any anything else that... You can think of that we didn't cover? Not today. We covered quite a bit. We sure did. Well, I really appreciate your willingness to do this with me. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Good. Thank you. I'm, I'm pleased and honored to be asked. Absolutely. Do you have any parting words? Goodbye. That'll work. You can listen to Gravity Beard on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheGravityBeard. Email us at contactthebeard at gmail.com or interact with us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We definitely want to hear from you. If you got at least a dollar's worth of entertainment from today's episode, please consider supporting us via Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash gravitybeard for more details. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. Go to podfixnetwork.com to see a complete list of network shows. You may also consider subscribing to Podfix Presents. It's a podcast by all the Podfix hosts where you can hear exclusive original content that you'll not hear on their individual shows. 
Our theme song is Sophomore Makeout by Silent Partner. You can find them on the YouTube audio library. All the other music credits can be found in the show notes. Until next time, this is Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. This is the Gravity Beard Crab Pass. What would you say have been your best years and what have been your worst years? Well, the best years were now because you're gone. (laughs) And I have money in the bank. Right. I figure wherever I'm going to go, it's going to be hot anyway. (laughs) So whether you start out with the cremation, and I'm used to the Texas heat, how much hotter could it be? Excellent point. Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to right now? Getting a drink of water and something to eat. <laughs> yeah, just more more in general. More in, not in the immediate future. Oh, not, thought, not like I'd love it. I'm looking forward looking to that. out for my well being. I'm looking forward to my ham sandwich just a few minutes from now. Yeah. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. See how strong my bladder is at 73. Well, I mean, we could take a break if you want. No breaks necessary. Okay, that's impressive. I'm bragging on my bladder. Cast from the Pod Fix Network.